Um, the issue with this new variant out of South Africa is it has over 30 mutations in the spike protein. And if you're aware, our vaccines, the current vaccines, are all using that viral spike target. So there's a good chance that these um, will probably evade vaccine-induced immunity. We're approaching year three of the pandemic, and the world is facing a new variant and increased calls for restrictions and mandates. How are we supposed to approach these challenges in the year ahead? Should we panic or return to normal life? Whatever that looks like. You'll get answers today on The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support the podcast and our ministry by going to createdequal.org. If you're a follower of the program, you know I've had on past episodes uh, topics on COVID-19, the vaccines, and the risks associated with them. We're going to continue that this important topic today on the program. I want to set this up uh, I have had uh, the whistleblower, and I, I refer to her as the whistleblower because she has, uh, in the past, sat on the COVID-19 task force. Uh, but I wanted to bring her on today because of this new situation of this new variant. And so um, I'm, I'm, the whistleblower comes to us. And she is a has a Bachelor of Science in Biology. I'm, here's the thing, folks. I'm not going to give her her name. And the reason for that is we living in a culture now that's called cancel culture. I mean, they could come after her. She could lose her job, whoever. You know, we know that's happening left and right. And so we need to protect people who are willing to tell the truth. But she has a Bachelor of Science in Biology, which focuses on molecular biology, a Master of Science in Nanoscience and Microsystems, and a Ph.D. in Nanoscience and Microsystems Engineering. So, uh, without further ado, let's uh, bring the whistleblower on the program. Thanks for being on the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me again. So let's start out here. Uh, There's a lot of water under the bridge now. We've been dealing with COVID almost two years. Um, We've learned a lot. I've had you on the show in the past talking about just the virus itself and all of that. And then it came around to the vaccines. And I do want to get into that a little bit. But I want you to start out just sharing from your perspective as an expert in this. We hear all of this coming out from South Africa about the Omicron variant. Explain what you know about it, if you would. Okay, so far, Omicron variant is in 17 states in the U.S., 38 countries worldwide, and there has been no deaths. Let me repeat that. There has been no deaths, not one, from this variant. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting that, you know, immediately when this was uh, brought out, Dr. Fauci talked about how this is going to really affect things and we need to consider all these new restrictions etc cetera, etc cetera. but then uh folks started saying well listen this isn't as bad as what we think so if you would compare this to the original or the you know the original COVID-19 and what's the difference that we know of right now if anything 
It seems to be less virulent and possibly more transmissible. Um, with the case of Delta, Delta was more transmissible than the earlier, uh, the previous variants, a little bit more uh-huh. virulent. Um, we did have hospitalizations and deaths with Delta. It did evade the vaccines. Um, the issue with this new variant out of South Africa is it has over 30 mutations in the spike protein. And if you're aware, our vaccines, the current vaccines, are all using that viral spike target. So there's a good chance that these um, will probably evade vaccine-induced immunity. So explain that. 30 variations of the spike protein. Explain what that means. That means this spike protein on this variant is very, very different from the original spike protein after which the vaccines were um, modeled. Okay, and the spike protein is that little spiky thing that comes off the, the sphere, right? That's correct, that's what correct. it is? Okay, and so th- this has a bunch of variations of that spike protein, which makes it harder, right, to right. treat with the vaccine? Am I right there? It makes it harder for the vaccine-induced antibodies to recognize. So you're, okay. if you are vaccinated your antibodies are going to recognize that original spike that they've seen before. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've been previously infected, your immune system has a picture of the whole coronavirus. It has a picture of the capsid, the little outside. It has a picture of the spikes. It has pictures of the inside. It will recognize that whole virus. Whereas and and why is that? Well, I think that's a hugely important thing that Americans need to understand because mm-hmm. we don't hear about a whole lot about natural immunity, which I happen to have. Uh, I'm thankful that I survived COVID like so many millions of uh, other Americans, right? And that I have natural immunity, but almost nothing is said on that. Why is it, do you think, that people who have had COVID and have natural immunity are better in better uh, situation than those who have been vaccinated? Well, the whole premise for vaccination is based on the idea that if someone's been sick with something, they're now immune to a second or third infection. That Mm -hmm. was the whole premise on which we designed vaccines. Right. If you've had the infection, it's kind of similar to, say, a bank has a security camera, and that security camera captured a picture of this bank robber, whereas someone who's vaccinated only has something maybe that's a bank robber left behind, like maybe a glove. So as opposed to having this full picture, because your immune system has actually seen the virus, the whole virus, all of it, if you've been infected. Um, Vaccinated people have only seen this tiny spike protein or what would be analogous to a glove of the bank robber, a single part. Gotcha. Variable part. Well, here's the thing. I'm not trying to freak people out that have had the, the vaccine. I know a lot of people have. Uh, but what you're telling me is that it's it's unlikely that the, this vaccine, the current one, uh, or, or the, the the ones that Americans are taking, are not going to be effective against this new variant. Is that is that what you're saying? That is what I believe at this point. Okay. We don't have a lot of data on it. I know Pfizer's in the process of developing a vaccine for this variant, which they didn't do for Delta. So that's very telling. Why is that, do you think? I mean, I know we're reading the tea leaves here, but I'm asking Mm -hmm. you these questions because most Americans aren't hearing these questions being asked or answered. They all know they design these vaccines based on a variable part of the virus. This is a part that's going to rapidly mutate over time. These weren't going to last long term. I think we knew that. Um, 
the virus is an RNA virus. It doesn't have the proofreading capabilities that DNA has. Like when we replicate ourselves, we have a really, really good um, proofreading capability. RNA tends to make a lot of mistakes when it's replicating. So it will, it will change. And instead of picking a more conserved area of the virus to target the vaccines on, they chose this variable part, which could actually be good for them in the future because they'll, they'll need to produce more vaccines and the consumers will need to purchase more vaccines. Um, so it's a good business model, but not so good for public health. So it's interesting now that, you know, the government is saying that uh, they're banning tra- uh, travel from uh, South Africa. Uh, interesting mm-hmm. that a lot of the South African com- countries are saying we have no deaths. I mean, why are you doing this? Why is the United States doing this? The United Kingdom is doing it. They're banning travel. I mean, it seems to me they're revving up the machine for more restrictions based on uh, what I can't tell. I mean, it doesn't look like real science, which that's what's this supposed to be based on, right? That's right, Mark. We're supposed to be following the science, and according to the science, this variant is pretty mild. Um it would be wise for everyone who's young and healthy to go out and catch this variant and get natural immunity and protect themselves against future variants mm-hmm. that could be more virulent. So, friends, if you have a question, give us a call here at one eight seven seven bob live That's one eight seven two six two five four eight three. I'm talking to the whistleblower. I've had her on my program before. Um, she's an expert in all of this, uh, in biology, and uh, she has all the necessary degrees to speak intelligently to this. Unfortunately, if you're getting your information from the mainstream media and big tech and that kind of thing, you're not going to hear the truth on a lot of this. And it's important for us to be, uh, you know, discerning. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't read the, the the stuff coming from the government or Dr. Fauci or CNN. I mean, we still need to hear what's going on on that side, but uh, we need to take it all in and we need to understand something that. This effort to shut down the information coming from those who say that the vaccines are unsafe and they're ineffective need to be heard. And that's why I'm having the whistleblower on today. So would it be your estimation that the Omicron virus is being overblown and that we should um, just take it in stride like we have, it seems like. Many Americans just seem like they're moving on. Mm-hmm. I think most Americans have had enough of this pandemic and they're ready to be done with this. And there's no reason to be alarmed or be afraid of this variant. So, when, when you know, and again, I'm going to ask you to speculate. I've done this before. But, you know, they talk about we just follow the science. Did we ever follow the science here? I, I, I often wonder about that because... It seems like the government and, uh, you know, the, the so-called experts have been all over the map. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I understand this is a, you know, this is something we've never dealt with before. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, if people say, hey, we were wrong and now we've got it right, I get it. But when they never go back and correct themselves, it starts me, it makes me wonder what's going on here. That's right, Mark. When they made mistakes, it would have been to their advantage to admit, oh, maybe we made a mistake here. We're doing the best we can. It's an evolving situation. We don't have all the data. As we get the data, we'll keep you guys updated. Right, and, and that's not what time. Yeah, I listened happened. to Dr. Fauci. I think it was last Sunday. He was on all this, you know, the Sunday shows, which <laughs> makes me wonder where this guy actually gets time to read 
the actual uh, you know data that's coming out regarding these these variants. Right. But he's more on television than he's doing anything else. But okay. he didn't mention anything about prevention and treatment. Well, to me, I'm thinking to myself, if anything's going to get us through this, it's going to be that. We ought to be holding on to this world loosely, people. Uh, you know, we are guaranteed, promised eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ if we trust and give our faith in him. So that's what I think, unfortunately, we've seen is this, this just this fear. And, and of course, the, the world... And and the devil who, who's, who's animating all of this wants to sow fear in our hearts, wants us to worry about all of this, and and um, and that's I think behind it. A lot of it is just being animated from the pit of hell, and so we have to be discerning Christians, being able to sift through this information and make up our own minds, and that's why. I have the whistleblower on today talking about this new variant coming from South Africa, the Omicron variant. We talked a little bit about that. From what I can take from this conversation is uh, it's nothing to get uh, all bent out of shape about. We should take it seriously, but just like COVID-19, original, um, there's things we can be doing, and we just need to be consistent about that. So uh, what I want to do now is, is kind of move on a little bit. And if, by the way, if you have a question, give us a call here at 877-BOB-LIVE or 877-262-5483 if you have a question for the whistleblower. Um, she has a Bachelor of Science in Biology, a Master of Science in Nanoscience and Microsystems, and a Ph.D. in Nanoscience and Microsystems and Engineering, an expert in virology, and she sat on the COVID-19 task force. So. The question I have for you is vaccine safety. Now, with the sound of my voice, I'm sure there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who have taken the vaccine. Some of them might regret it, some don't. And I'm not here to start passing judgment on all that. But let's talk about the safety of the vaccine itself. There is a reporting system. Let's talk about that. What is that and what has it found? In other words, I know there's a whole lot of data on this. But what are some of the really concerning things that we're seeing regarding the safety of the vaccine? Okay, so if your listeners aren't aware, um, the United States has what's called the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS. Mm -hmm. This is run by HHS and the CDC. It's a voluntary reporting system. Anyone can file a report to VAERS. However, approximately over 80% of the reports are submitted by healthcare professionals. Um, what we have right now for the COVID-19 vaccine monitoring situation, as of the 4th of December, these are updated every Friday, um, <clears throat> reported deaths for all locations are sitting right at 20,990. Um, life-threatening adverse events, adverse events are at 23,000. Permanent disabilities are at 32,900. Mm. What else I have? And um, these are very high. These are much higher than we've seen for any vaccine type in the past 30 years compared to the seasonal flu vaccine, which about 200 million of the flu vaccines are given every year. So that's about the same number that have received COVID vaccines, about 200 million Americans. Compared to those influenza vaccine adverse events being reported, um, for 2019, for the flu vaccine alone, we had 12,000 adverse events reported. 
whereas for we're not at a year quite yet, we're one month short of a year, we have had 57 times that amount for the COVID-19 vaccines just in the United States. I wanted to be sure that we got all the information out there from our whistleblower who has previously sat on the COVID-19 task force. She's an expert in virology, and I've given her credentials in the other segments here, so I want to do that again. But I want to just finish this conversation with you about the VAERS reporting system and how many adverse reactions have been reported regarding the vaccines. And I guess the question I want to answer, because um, people might be wondering this, there are a lot of people who have taken the vaccine or thinking about taking a booster. What would you tell them? I don't see any evidence why we need to take a booster for a vaccine that's failing. You're seeing already all these breakthroughs. You're seeing all these adverse events. They're very high. We're close to a million total reported adverse events. Um, the new variant um, is unlikely to be phased by these vaccines. I don't see how the benefit outweighs the risk at this point. Yeah, so let me ask you this real quick. quick. When you say it's failing, you're, you mean in its original intent, which is to keep people from getting COVID. That's right. what's doing. Right. I mean, it, they changed the definition, right, of a vaccine mm-hmm. this fall uh, from, you know, the idea that would keep somebody from getting it from that to it's just going to lessen the the severity and keep you possibly out of the hospital. So mm-hmm. we all know people, okay. well, maybe you don't, but <laughs> I do, that have gotten the vaccine and are getting COVID. So when you say it's failing, is that what you mean? That's what I mean. According to the Pfizer documentation that was submitted to the FDA in order to obtain FDA approval, for their um, product, they stated in that document that positive PCR test with a symptom is called vaccine failure. After mm-hmm. 14 days, they called that vaccine failure. This new breakthrough infection coined word is a coined term. It's never been used before. Vaccine failures, that's just what they are. Yeah. And so millions of Americans are taking this. They're taking the booster. It seems like this is endless. The boosters are going to continue to be pushed um, instead mm-hmm. of pre- taking, you know, the treatments and the uh, preventative things that can be done. Let's just finish with this. I want to ask you, what can people do if they are not vaccinated? What should they be doing? They should go to their primary doctor and get a vitamin D level check. They should be taking vitamin D. You need to take a kind of a higher amount than what the vitamin D bottle says on it to get your blood levels up. Your, your physician can watch you and help you to do that and keep checking your levels. Make sure they're high all winter. That'll make a huge difference. There's a huge connection between low vitamin D levels and positive COVID tests and hospitalization and death. So make sure you keep those vitamin D levels up. Um, They can take zinc should they become ill. They can also go to the America's Frontline Doctors website or Dr. Stella Emanuel, um, FLCCC, to get hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Mm-hmm. which are very effective. It's in the primary literature. All over the primary literature are studies showing that these drugs are effective. The mainstream media is not promoting it, but the scientific literature backs that up, and it is solid. Well, you know, there's a problem when they're only pushing the vaccine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there are real right. preventative measures that can be taken, uh, and there's treatment with the onset of COVID. In other words, I guess what you're saying is if you have any symptoms whatsoever that are similar to COVID symptoms, 
you should have these drugs and other things on hand to start taking immediately just to knock this thing down, right? Right. The earlier, the better. You might feel great at first, the first couple of days, and then maybe the third day you'll start to feel really bad. By then, your viral load might be really high, and it's going to be harder to recover from. So the sooner, the better. The sooner you can get these, especially the ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, the sooner you can get those in, the faster you're going to recover. Okay. And where can they pick these up again? You can find them through the America's, America's Frontline Doctors website or flccc.net. FLCCC.net. Okay. That's right. Yes. So this is where they can get those. They talk to a physician, a licensed physician. They can order these drugs and mm-hmm. have them uh, sent to their nearest uh, you know, pharmacy, right? Pharmacy, or some of them will even ship Send the medication to, to their house. home. Okay. The FLCCC website will also help you if you've been vaccine injured. If you're suffering from a vaccine injury, FLCCC.net has a protocol for treating vaccine injured people. Well, you've been very helpful. Again, I had the whistleblower has been on the program today, and I've had her on the program on my show, that is Mark Carrington show, over the last year or so. And I exhort you to go to those websites to find out more. Thanks for being on the program. Um, as we wrap up 2021 and we look to 2022, I want to talk about how we live with the end in mind. In other words, how uh, do we live on purpose And I want to take the remainder of the program and challenge you to come up with your own personal mission statement. Years ago, I came up with my own. In fact, it was given to me by the Lord. And it's basically this. If at the end of my life, I do not see a long line of young apologists I have equipped standing behind me, I will have failed. In other words, the vision the Lord gave me is that I need to be raising up the next generation of leaders, because our time on planet Earth is very limited. It goes quick, and before long, we're with the Lord. And we want to leave a legacy, and that legacy is people, people that we've discipled, brought to Christ, and who are in the game. And so as we look at finishing 2021 and moving on to 2022, uh, the Scripture comes to mind about the Apostle Paul and how he finished his life strong. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I've kept the faith. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, knew that his time was near, but he also knew that he had already fought the good fight and he finished the race. My question to you is, can you say that? Will you be able to say that at the end of your life? I hope you will. Um, obviously, very gratifying to know that the, what you've been given to do by the Lord, you'd have accomplished. He said that he fought the good fight and he finished the course. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24 through 27, which I consider a, my life verse, if there is such a thing, the Apostle Paul says this, But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the course, he says, and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole counsel of God. Once again, Paul said at the end of his life that he was the innocent of the blood of all men and that he proclaimed the whole counsel of God. That should be our mission. So I want to finish the program in 2021 as well 
with a couple of action points. The first is, I would like you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening over terrestrial radio, we have a new player that's embedded on our homepage. You can go to markharringtonshow.com to subscribe. While you're there, if you want to send me a question, I'll read it on the air here on the radio program. And then finally, if you were to send us a $50 donation, we'll send you the book, The Case for Life, written by my good friend and colleague, Scott Klusendorf, which is a primer in pro-life apologetics. If you're just getting started in your pro-life work or you want to have a well-rounded Christian apologetics, which includes the pro-life position, this is the book for you, A Case for Life. And for $50, we'll send that to you uh, in the mail. So go to markharringtonshow.com. That's markharringtonshow.com. And go ahead and donate $50 and just say, I'd like to have the book, uh, A Case for Life. We'll also send you free the video, A Doctrine of Demons, which is our video on the roots of the abortion industry being found in Satanism. So there's your marching orders here at the end of 2021. Please go to MarkHarringtonShow.com, subscribe to the podcast, and if you're if you're able, send us a $50 donation, and we'll send you the book, A Case for Life, and the video, A Doctrine of Demons. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.